Welcome to the Big Kevin Sports Show. As always, I am your host, Kevin McAndrews. And joining me today is my good buddy, Jacob. Jacob, how are you tonight? I am doing fantastic today. How are you, Kevin? If I was any better, it'd be a sin. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, my friend. Yeah. So let's get this out of the way. Uh, Jacob, uh, any plugs? Any anywhere to find you, uh, your show, uh, fire away. So everyone listening can uh, check you out. Okay, so on Facebook, you can find my page, Ice Cold with Jacob Walters. That is the podcast that I host where I talk about sports and gaming and all that good stuff and jazz. I also have a website called Jacob's, jacobsinvegas.com in which I go over the various stuff that you can do in Las Vegas. For example, you want to take a hike in Red Rock Canyon, you can certainly do that. I got the scoop on that. Or maybe go check out an aviator game. So there's that. And also, I talk about sports, gaming, and finance. Definitely worth it. If you want to check me out, aside from my Facebook page, you can also check me out on Twitter at IceColdWJacob or Instagram. Ice underscore cold underscore Jake. And look at that. Add it to a story. Look at that. Right on cue. Big Kevin Sports. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Jacob, for those listening, we go way back. Um, I've done his show a couple of times. Uh, and I have, if you've listened to past podcasts, I've been able to, thanks to Jacob, uh, expand my audience by uh, reposting uh, audio recordings that him and I have done. We talked about the NFL season and what our predictions were. And I was accurate about everything except for the Browns record. And that was not so good. It was not good takes. Uh, I, I mean, can you blame me, though? Hunt got hurt. Uh, we had centers and guards playing tackle, uh, both starting tackles out. The backup tackle uh, out after game one, Conklin out for the season. Uh, Jedrick Wills would come in and play a game, and every game he would have to leave early. So we had Blake Kent playing tackle, and then he went down. And then we had a rookie, Hudson, out of Cincinnati playing tackle. So, I mean, you can't – it's hard to predict a season with all those players going down on offense. So basically um, – it was like last year for the San Francisco 49ers where it was just everybody got hurt, like Bosa and Garoppolo. And it was in most it was a complete on show. Yeah. And going back and listening to that, us talking back and forth, uh, it was pretty incredible. I, I said that I really think this year is the year that uh, Brady gets knocked out early. And uh, that came to fruition. Uh, do you remember your picks for the Super Bowl? From that year? From this oh. this past season. Oh, this past season, it was Bills and Rams, and I picked the Rams to win the ball. And yes. And I, too, had the Rams, but I had the Chiefs winning it all. And uh, somehow, the uh, Northern Kentucky Cincinnati Bengals uh, <laughs> pulled off a win, even though the Chiefs won the coin toss. But, you know, that's just my luck, you know. That's just what happens, you know. Everything I say, it's it always tends to change. Actually, with my uh, big Kevin Sports playoff picks, 
the last two rounds before the Super Bowl, I went actually the entire playoffs. I went one, I went one and seven. So a lot of things went wrong for me. But regular season, luckily enough for ESPN, I was able to be in the top ten thousand uh, with yep. win loss and uh, the spread, which is great great for me, you know. But uh, it's not like advertised or anything, but I was ahead a couple of the ESPN experts in uh, their their uh, groups and polls. I actually came second in uh, Mr. Trouter's, uh, Jake Trouter of Cleveland, uh, in his group. And I beat out Stephen A. Smith. And I also beat out uh, the, uh, I think he's a, he's a ex-Jet uh, bar Anthony Barr? Yeah, yeah, Anthony Barr. Yeah, I beat him out. And so that was good. But then once postseason came, I just crumbled. Everything I picked went wrong. Don't feel too bad. I didn't get a single pick right during the divisional and championship rounds. I went four and two in a wild card, but not I got I went oh for for the divisional and championship. Yeah, I think in the wild card I picked home teams and it just seemed like home field advantage just didn't matter. Like I knew, I think the only one I got right was the Steelers losing. <laughs> Wait, you picked Philadelphia to win that? Yep. Wow. I just That's really, crazy. I really liked uh, Jalen Hurts and I thought they were going to, because they just had this dream winning streak and then it just didn't, I think the score was pretty close, wasn't it? It was like 30 to nothing until like late in the fourth quarter. And then it was just like, boom. Yeah. They back a little <laughs> and lost. It was not, it was not good. It wasn't the Philly special that we came to know, but. Uh, and then Jacob and I uh, definitely check out his plugs. What he just plugged ice cold Jacob waters. And uh, you can listen to great shows and, uh, please give that five stars. Please uh, like, subscribe, and uh, here we go. We're going to get into the Big Kevin Sports Podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go off the, this, Jacob. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend is here in Cleveland, Ohio. Did you know that? I did know that. Um, I'm also aware that Dan Gilbert owns the team. Yeah. And I made a post about how I feel bad for Cleveland Cavaliers fans because you have a Detroit guy running a Cleveland team and he cares more about revitalizing Detroit than he does about the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is unfortunate. I remember that. And I remember me along with my uh, my goons, my six other goons going and saying, wow, and having angry faces. And and then what happened a uh, couple of weeks after that? They went off and they went. They went to the top of the Eastern Conference. Yes, and then you change your tune. Wasn't there a second a second post later <laughs> on, which we then yes. all loved and said, we're in this with you and we love you? <laughs> yes, I hit my crumb. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I mean, it's not your – I mean, the <laughs> NBA, NBA picked us as the 28th best team. So, And we well, had yeah. one – game on national television so that's what the nba.com and espn thought of us which they're being proved wrong and i really like seeing like all the 
uh, posts that are on Instagram and like the background of Cleveland and uh, the donations that are coming in. And uh, it's pretty cool to see MGK give a shout out to the city. And then Miles Garrett in that celebrity game. I don't know if you saw that, but he did a windmill dunk. A windmill dunk. Yeah. yeah it, he's not, and it looked like he was wearing uh, work boots. But he's just Work. so strong. He's so strong that it's just the center of gravity. And uh, MGK oh. went up for a shot, and Miles Garrett said, "Get that weak stuff out of here." I've never seen a shot block so hard and <laughs> so far away. It was pretty well, crazy. I, I, I'd imagine that he would him blocking a shot. It would just probably just go straight through the air because he's that strong. Like he is honestly a terrific athlete. Oh like man. That. We, we saw before even the football season started him um, uh, playing basketball and like gyms and stuff and dunking, but to see him do it in like an actual live game, it was pretty crazy, especially for Cleveland. And uh, speaking of the Browns, I don't know if you're familiar, but we have every day since the uh, season started, we've had Baker Mayfield trending. Now, are you fully aware of what's going on in that situation? So the Browns, Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback this year, he had, um, at the end, he had five injuries. It was his opposite shoulder uh, broke. Uh, it was like a tendon, not in his throwing arm, but his opposite. I think it's, I can't think of the word for it, but that snapped uh, when he went for a headfirst tackle in a win over, not Atlanta, a win over uh, Houston. And, uh, and then he threw a pick week one against the Chiefs and he went head first and that hurt his lower abdom abdominal area. And so throughout the season, he was really banged up. And like we said before, like I said before, with the uh, tackles being out, you're not able to run as much as you would like. The tight ends have to block longer to get the pass because you know, the left tackle and right tackle are two of the most important positions for football. And unfortunately, the Browns had two tackles out for the year. And then uh, Jedrick Wills out of Alabama, second year uh, rookie, uh, he, he struggled mightily this year with uh, a lot of ankle problems. So uh, there's not much you can do there. Yeah, there's not a much there's not much you can do there. But the big problem is that there's been like problems with protection for the longest time possible for Baker Mayfield. Now Cleveland gets in the best offensive line and one of the best offensive lines in the league. And yet he still is abysmal. Like you look at the past, like five of his last six games that he's played, he's thrown at least one interception. And that's including that four interception game against the Packers on Christmas day. So yes, that's that the Browns just fell short 24 to 22. Somehow they fell just short. And you also have the game too, like, against well you also have that game too against like the pittsburgh steelers in week 17 where it was just him just throwing to jarvis landry the entire game like that was just him throwing incomplete pass after incomplete pass and just throwing meatballs to the steelers secondary like jarvis landry was his main target for like the first half and that's unacceptable if you're a cleveland browns fan especially since you haven't had a quarterback for ages like you go for like Tim Couch, you go from Jeff Garcia, Kelly Holcomb, 
the list goes up. And Johnny Menzel, too. You can't forget Johnny Menzel. The list just goes on and on for Cleveland. Yeah, and the thing with Baker, it's like uh, like it's injuries, not an excuse. But you know what? He really, um, at a certain point in part in the season, I think it was pride that he was going to go out there and be with his friends and be with his crew and not let them down. Like if you saw in Baltimore, they had Jackson just get the surgery earlier on and just say, okay, we're going to have uh, this Hunley be the quarterback. But for Baker, I think it's, it's more of a pride type of thing where he says that I just need to be there for my guys and stuff. And really, if you look at the games that he uh, did throw those picks and stuff, he like it's it's almost like he can barely walk and move around with uh like I said five injuries he had he had to have major surgery at the end of the season and he's recovering now but uh the latest Twitter thing that's going on is that he's not here for the all-star break now that I think that's just plain ridiculous that people are saying that I mean he's in Texas he's recovering it's like why does he need to be here for the all-star break like it didn't even make sense like Greg Newsom's there, uh, the kid out of Northwestern, and uh, Miles Garrett and a couple other Browns, but it's like, it, it just doesn't even make sense. But when you put in a Baker Mayfield into a tweet, it's going to pop off. You're going to get favorites and retweets. And that's where I kind of had this theory. It's kind of, it's almost similar to like whenever someone would talk about in two completely different situations, but um, if you post something negative about like Donald Trump, like going right before the election. Now, both completely different things. One is the president of the United States and the Browns president is pretty much Baker Mayfield, but completely two different situations. But if you're going to put something up there that's bashing Trump, this is where like the similarity is. Bashing Trump, you're going to get favorites and retweets and all that stuff. And people now are like, if you bash Baker, you're going to get a lot of traction and, and uh, like a lot, like you're going to get a lot more views. You're going to get followers and stuff like that. So I see the similarities. It's like, and it's also coming from a lot of people that aren't like experts or rounds uh, like reporters and stuff. It's coming from these unknown people. And when you have 32 teams in the NFL, and it's a competition for that star quarterback. When you post something, do the hashtag Browns, all the other 31 teams are like, yeah, we agree with you. He's, he's awful. But I really think he showed last year and his, and his rookie year. I mean, his rookie year, he broke the passing touchdown record uh, set by a rookie that was uh, Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson. And then he was the quarterback last year for, uh, well, actually now it's two years now because we just finished that season. But in the NFL playoffs, he won the first road game since the Browns beat the Cowboys in 1969. So all with Bernie, he never won on the road in the playoffs. Sype never won on the road in the playoffs. Um, and all these quarterbacks that you listed even before, like us going through quarterbacks and stuff. Kelly Holcomb lost at Pittsburgh. Uh, before that, uh, it was uh, Testaverde. He won a home game, and then they went on the road. 
lost it. But the Browns are going into the situation where, you know, the quarterback is a really, it's the most important uh, position in football. But uh, looking at like your 49ers, um, especially in, in the playoffs, like how, how would you explain their success with um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo not throwing for a touchdown? Does that make sense? Does that make sense yeah, as a question? The thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, too, is that he has his moments of brilliance where he's just going to hit, like, receivers. And, and he'll, he'll be consistent. Like, he'll hit, like, his first, like, six passes easily. Mm. And and he'll, like, have a good – even, like, have a good first three quarters, like, as you saw in the Super Bowl, and it just completely collapsed at the end of the game. And you even saw that in the NFC Championship game where he had a costly – mistake at the end he's like missing passes left to right he's just cracking on the pressure and the thing is, is that he has a complete team around him it's just that sometimes he was playing through an injury too kind of like what baker mayfield was doing but the thing is is that baker, well baker had five injuries well he had five injuries too <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo had almost as many i guess oh really really i didn't know i wasn't looking yeah, that closely had, at it he had a thumb injury and i think like in the injury or something like that i can't really keep track of it just those both quarterbacks have been injured so much so we'll just say that but the thing is is that he while they do like the team loves him and like management loves him he's just he tends to get injured quite a bit and he's also he tends to collapse so i can see why they're trading for him now the funny thing is is that the washington commanders were willing to offer a first round pick for him which wow. i found hope and I would have loved to have seen that trade happen. Like that would have been wild. I I mean, I, I think it does make sense for the commanders to do that, though. Uh, looking at this NFL draft class, uh, like to get a Jimmy and let him recover. And but who would be the 49ers option uh, if they moved on from uh, Garoppolo? Are they blaming the uh, season ending on him? Because I know. No. Uh, Speaking of uh, the draft and prospects, uh, how about Debo? How much of a surprise was he for the show up the way he did and how he plays and stuff? Was he was this his rookie year or was this his second year? This, I believe, was his third year in the league. Third year. So he was drafted um, in 2019, and then he's just he just exploded on the scene like this year. He has been an absolute force. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan loves running him in the backfield, like. Occasionally he'll run him on a jet sweep or he'll even just run him up the middle because he's a big physical guy. He's yeah. like six feet and 215 pounds. Like nobody's going to mess with that. But he's also like a good receiver yards after a catch. And that kind of goes with Kyle Shanahan's whole bully ball thing where he just likes to push the other team around. Mm -hmm. Yards after catch, knocking the other team in the mouth. You see it like from the offensive line, to the defensive line. I know that Nick Bosa is an Ohio State Buckeye, so that's a big yes. And you even see it with the wide receivers. So it's that physical brand of football that he is really kind of the face of, to be honest with you. And you know what? Uh, it's funny you bring up Bosa, and I, those are all great points. Uh, do you think now that they're going to move forward and keep him, or is he still on the trade block? Nick Bosa, I think. No, I'm Nick sorry, the, uh, the quarterback. Oh, Garoppolo, I think they're going to probably move on from him. From what I've been hearing, 
Um, they're probably going to look to try and trading him to Tampa Bay to get the rights to Tom Brady, which I guess would make sense because oh, there have geez. been rumors. Yeah, that there have been rumors that Trey Lance is apparently not ready yet, and as you know, Tom Brady is from San Mateo, so yes, and he played for your uh, Wolverines way, way, way back in the day. Two thousand. What class was he? Was he 2001, I would want to say, is his last year? I want to say like 1999 or 2000, one of those two. Because, uh, oh, yeah, correct. Because um, 2001 was Trestle's first year, and they went 7-5, and five and they beat the team up north. And then that following year was the Buckeyes' undefeated season. Correct. So, Brady. <clears throat> so, was he... I think he was 19 year pro or am i wrong maybe i'm Brady. yeah i want to say brady i think he's 22 years i want to say 22 because i don't been- think it's um the 90s and the reason i say that was um when phil dawson retired he was the uh second last player from the uh 90s uh draft class that was still uh, actively playing, and if you guys don't know Phil Dawson, look him up. Uh, Browns kicker, leader in points all time. Who then went to play San Francisco? He, yeah, he did play for San Francisco, and you guys, you guys saw he actually kicked his longest field goal there. That's right. And uh, the other one was um, the Patriots kicker, Adam Vinatieri. Is that what you're thinking of? Yes. And do you know that? the start of their years, both as rookies, those two kickers were the kickers that were trying out for the Patriots. Damn. Yeah. So they were like, okay, uh, the draft happens. No one drafts kickers. And then they brought in uh, those two and Phil Dawson <clears throat> didn't end up winning it. And then the Browns signed him, and he was on that in- inaugural team. That first year, the Browns came back after uh, they had moved to the Ravens after the Ravens or the Baltimore moved to the Colts then the Ravens finally got their team. And then Phil Dawson was in that inaugural season. He actually scored a touchdown that year. I'll have to send you the clip. It was a fake field goal pass and he had a receiving touchdown. I'd love Phil Dawson. I don't know if that's being clear i just love talking about him i love everything about him because those years it was really uh i mean we had an owner uh named randy lerner and i don't know if you remember him if you've heard of him randy lerner his expertise was he owned ashton villa a english premier team and he had no background into football so he's at the helm. He's in charge of all this stuff. Uh, one of his, his first coaches to be successful, Butch Davis, he had him as a coach and a GM, which is unheard of nowadays. And uh, towards the end, before he sold the team 2012 to, like you said, the uh, Steelers own um, uh, the uh, Haslam family. Jimmy Haslam's the owner now. Uh, his team, Ashton Villa, came in 20th place out of 20 in the Premier League, and they got relegated. And he was 
negative $5 billion in debt and had to sell the team. So people like are like, Browns have been bad for so long, all these quarterbacks and stuff. Well, we had a failed soccer owner, and that's how he made his money from his dad passing away, whose soccer team was relegated into a lower division, which you lose all your sponsorships, all your fans are half capacity, Ashen Villa. But And then it's like, why were the Browns so bad for so long? I mean, our best players were undrafted Phil Dawson and undrafted Josh Cripps, you know? Oh, yeah. Josh Cripps, he was such a great return man back in the day. Oh my god, yeah, we would be losing games 28 nothing, like against the Steelers. And he'd take, uh, in one game, he took two kickoff returns for a touchdown and uh, back to back kickoffs after the Steelers uh scored, which was crazy looking back at it. Uh, and then for San Francisco, when the period where the Browns weren't here, I had a San Francisco, that that maroon, that red, and it was like a starter jacket, and it had the logo. And I was a big fan at the time of Jeff Garcia and uh, Terrell Owens, and then Jeff Garcia came for the Browns, and I was tricked again saying, oh, the answer, here we go, Super Bowl, and that didn't work out. So a lot of heartache here for Cleveland. But another thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, – the upcoming NFL draft with your uh, Wolverines looking like you're going to get two edge guys, maybe in the top five, possibly the top 10. So um, can you give me your insight to uh, uh, both these Wolverines? Um, I want to say it's Chad. Is it Hutchinson? Aiden Hutchinson and I believe David Ojabu. And they yes. also have Andy who is projected to be in the first round too, late first round in Daxon Hill. So, that's a big thing for the Wolverines. Uh, for Aiden Hutchinson, his emergence this year has been amazing. I have just been an absolute fan of just what he's done. He came up extra. He came up huge in that Ohio State game. I'm going to tell you just straight up. And yeah, it was, it was, it was surprising. It was surprising seeing um, um, uh, Taylor Prince go up against him. There's this clip that shown where he just absolutely throws him to the ground when the run play was on like the opposite side of the field, but the Wolverine player threw uh, our junior tackle to the ground. Like he was like a, like he was, it was like a senior in high school throwing a freshman player to the ground. It was pretty incredible. And that's when I was like, Oh, we're in trouble. That was early in the game. And uh, that tackle for Ohio state decided Instead of being a fifth, sixth round pick, he's coming back for this upcoming year. But please continue about your Wolverines that uh, their draft stats. How, and what ceiling do you think they can get to? Do you think they're on a Bosa, Chase Young? Um, I, could, I could see Michigan's um, Cameron Hayward. Him being a sort of like a Bosa player because Bosa is very fast. And that's kind of what Aiden Hutchinson does too. He's fast and physical, which is a great thing for the Wolverines. For really just for whoever drafts him, which is probably going to be the Detroit Lions. But At number two, you don't think he'll go number one? I think that Jacksonville will try to find a way to protect Trevor Lawrence. So they're, well, a lot of the boards that I'm seeing are projecting them to draft an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, let me see, I'm trying to remember which one it is. Whether it's the guy from North Carolina State, Akem Enwano, or Evan Neal from Alabama. So... And the Correct. Thing- and you know, another sidebar 
uh, before you continue, uh, last Wolverine picked number one overall was a fellow offensive tackle, uh, Jake Long with the uh, Miami Dolphins. And I knew that in the top of my head, this wasn't prepared. You know, this is just how my brain works and I like it. So, but continue. No, I was going to say that Jake Long was the number one pick too. So definitely Hutchinson's a fast pick. And I believe that Ojabu is also projected to be in the top 10 too, which is amazing because he's not as, he has an immense talent to become a game changer too. So he's definitely a force to be reckoned with as well. Definitely love the fact that he's a, just will just blow up anybody on the offensive line and get to the quarterback with ease. So he has that explosiveness to him that I love. So definitely a team like Denver, who's notorious for having great defenses, will love him. And he'll maybe be good- he could be a he. That's what I thought when the Buckeyes played him because they, if they they, because the, you know they have the shotgun set offense, and when you run it, it's really reliant on the tackles and the tight ends, uh, being able to. First, you get to the uh, defensive end, and then you move on to the linebackers to create that hole. But with a freshman running back and uh, the weather conditions and stuff, your two defensive – I've never seen two uh, defensive ends be that solid against Ohio State in a while. Like, I remember uh, a good example, Woodley would uh, do that pretty often, and the Buckeyes would only get two or three yards way back in the day. But uh, – it's incredible that these two kids developed this good. Now, were they uh, seniors? Um, I believe that Hutchinson was a senior. I don't know about Ojabu. Because okay. I believe that Ojabu might have been a junior. Yeah, and then for uh, my fellow Buckeyes, uh, uh, it's pretty much – it looks like it's going to be wide receiver U. Uh, yeah. I'd... I know you, lo- you have a couple teams that could use a good – wide receiver um, with um, Garrett Wilson being ranked the highest right now. Um, And right now they have him going eight to Atlanta and then uh, Olave. I'm I'm sure you're happy that you don't have to hear Gus Johnson. Olave! Olave! Every time. I love his calls, dude. He's amazing. Him and Kevin Harlan are amazing. I I agree a hundred percent, and I really think they should be more of the national. Uh, I mean, I think they could take Herb Street and uh, the guy I refuse to mention his name. Oh, Fowler. Yeah. Oh, because he, he was like, man, that's got to be a like, for the Clemson. I mean, I hold a lot of credit. Oh, you know? right. He's like, that's, that's definitely a fumble. And then they come in and they're like, no, it was an incomplete. And he's like, he was like, interesting, but I think it was the right call. It's like, wait, you just said that. It's definitely a, you know, he's just, he just goes along with everything. And Kurt, Herb, Kurt Herbstreet's always a Buckeye, but he has kind of a bias because both his kids are playing at Clemson. So that's interesting listening to those games back again. Like, especially not the second time, obviously, because uh, the Buckeyes ended Trevor Lawrence's stellar college career. And then Clemson's like, oh, but you only have one win. It's like, oh, interesting. We just beat your greatest player in your program history. He left with a loss. <laughs> exactly. And he hasn't been the same since. If you... 
No. Well, they got uh, the kicker of the year out of uh, the Jaguars, Urban Meyer. So uh, they moved on from him quick. Uh, I don't think he'll be coaching anytime soon. But back to this draft class. Uh, so Wilson, Olave, um, and then there's a couple of surprises that are going to be in there. Um, looking at the draft board, it look, it, I think this is the year that I think the Wolverines have the slight edge, but it could be interesting because even um, Buckeye selected late last year, like um, uh, uh, Pete Werner uh, had 106 tackles for the Saints this year. He was a sixth round middle linebacker, uh, number 20, if you remember him from past years where he gave up like one touchdown catch in four years starting as a linebacker. And it was against Alabama. It was like, I think it was Riggs and he was trying to cover him, but he's a linebacker, but in uh, Jerome, uh, Jerome Baker, uh, how he played with the dolphins. He was in the seventh round. So a lot of Buckeyes have been popping up, but, and then we look at, uh, your hometown lions and Okuda hasn't uh, showed up yet. The uh, cornerback, Jeff, Jeff Okuda, but he'll get there. He will. I mean, probably get there. It's unfortunate. And uh, actually the lions have a a Taylor Decker and we actually had a pretty good matchup this year between uh, you and our Browns. You've got, I mean, the lions were close in every single game. Yeah, the Lions have been close. I mean, the week one against the Mariners, they came all the way back from 41 to 10 and to make that game at least interesting. And then it was also like them losing, getting screwed off a field goal from Justin Tucker against the hated Ravens. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to like side. Ah. But our, yeah. It's- our Modell won't see him no more. <laughs> yeah. And they haven't quite been the same since uh, Ozzie Newsom decided to uh, retire. That's actually kind of interesting. I mean, they came in last in the AFC North uh, the year that Newsom's not there anymore. So it's it's interesting. And Ozzie, of course, those of you guys that don't know, he's the Browns. Yeah, he, he would. He's the Browns' greatest tight end in franchise history, I would say. And he, when the team moved. They hired him into the system because Art Modell knew him. He was a player under Art Modell, and uh, he was a real big part in uh, helping the Ravens like build these teams, like with the Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, and that was all uh, Ozzy. He has a nickname that goes perfect with it. it's like not the magician or something, but Wizard of-, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, like he just everything he does is just magic. Like he just makes winning easy. And then what else do we have here? Uh, Regarding. We had the Cavs. We went over the draft. Talked about your Wolverines. What's up? We had Jawan Howard today and his. Oh, geez. Yeah. Can you uh, please, as a a Michigan Wolverine fan and advocate, uh, what, how did that, what happened? Did you get the full. Did you were you watching it or did you see highlights of it? Because I still don't understand why that no. happened. Believe me, I'm still trying to get like a whole grasp on the situation too. But 
apparently he was in a physical game with the Wisconsin Badgers. Badger, 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 Badger. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was like a blowout loss, like 77 to 63. And then Jawan Howard was in the handshake, like the little line of the handshake at the end of the game. And then it's just he had a few words with the opposing coach and just threw a punch. I mean, that's kind of indicative, though, just what the whole that state up north is about. It's just like Detroit versus everybody, Michigan versus everybody. And just it's kind of common, not just really in Michigan, but like in Illinois and Iowa and all these other states. So, yeah, I mean, that's the big 10 for you. I just I I hadn't seen a like a fist fight like that, like it would take me back to like the nineties or something or, uh, bad boys. Detroit yeah. Detroit. Like, like that kind of city, but never in college. Like, uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, uh, Bobby Knight, the Indiana head coach throwing the chairs everywhere. Uh, and also was part of that 1960 Ohio state, uh, men's basketball championship team. That beat uh, UCLA. That was just on the top of my head. Uh, and also, uh, it kind of reminded me of uh, Woody punching the uh, Clemson. Oh, Clemson player. The Clemson player, yeah. But the difference is, like, Howard's, he didn't punch. It was almost like, like, if you look back at it, it was kind of him going towards the face and kind of mushing. And like doing a close grab of like, I got your nose, and uh, <laughs> and like that. <laughs> that's, that's what I saw. Because shout out to uh, uh, not so cool Jules who uh goes to sporting events and has like signs up at uh Bowling Green State University, and uh, is always at Cavs games with the big sign. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, but uh, she she commented on uh, my upload when I posted the fight, and she said, "Is that what we're calling a punch nowadays?" Because he didn't he didn't really there wasn't a balled up fist. It wasn't like Woody who he, who gets so angry from losses that he punched the kid in the helmet. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was, and and supposedly it says here that um the the Wisconsin coach had his hands on him and like preventing him from like moving forward. And they're looking eye to eye. And uh, Howard said in the press conference that uh, at that point he was uncomfortable and he had to defend himself. Oh my goodness. So maybe there's, uh, there's a lot that we didn't see, but it didn't make sense. There's probably a bit like a bigger story behind that that nobody's really picking up on because it might have been just some altercations. He probably didn't like the way that the the defense that he was being presented was going after his team. So mm-hmm. it was maybe physical for him. I mean, just we don't know the whole story behind it. But and, and the coach, the coach that he hit was a he was the first in line to shake his hand, which is also weird. And it was, it wasn't the head, it was the Wisconsin assistant. So nothing made sense there. Really this nothing in this whole incident makes sense at all. I mean, yeah. if you just, if you just guard Johnny Davis, you don't let him go for 25 points. Yeah. Just, and, uh, but uh, Dickinson played great today. Uh, yes. But it just, it, I mean, first half was fine. It's just that 
that second half. And then when you go into the stat line and stuff, you know, uh, first thing that pops off on the paper is uh, Wolverines had 19 personal fouls. Uh, three players with four fouls. And they shot 39%, 16% point, And you can't, I mean, you're never, you're not going to win. And Wisconsin won 50, uh, shot 50%. So, I mean, what are you going to do? But the altercation, like we're saying that, that is straight. I mean, I know that my, my people listening, you know, Cleveland sports and the Buckeyes and stuff, but you know, it's kind of, it's really like big picture. It's important because Michigan is bringing in these huge recruiting classes and stuff. And they are now currently 14 and 11, but it's, it's just odd is what I will say. It's very odd. And we'll see what that develops into, but I don't think it's a fireable offense because he never balled up his fist and you can see like the Wisconsin It's almost like he's, his arm is near uh, Juwan Howard's hips. It was very strange. Yeah. The entire situation was just really wonky and all that. And I gotta say just this year has been wonky. I mean, just you get two five-star recruits, Caleb Houston and Melissa Diabete, who've been, mm-hmm. they haven't been really five-star recruits. I would like to say, I mean, they, I believe that Houston is shooting like less than 40% from the field, which is absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's compared to like Musa Diabete, who's been good with like the touches that he's been given. But yeah, it's just, it's just been a really weird year. Michigan's on, on the outside looking in right now, and I don't think they're even on the bubble at this point. So, yeah, currently fourteen and eleven, which is disappointing. I mean, they also they do have Terrace Reed coming in next year, who's a big mm-hmm. center from Lewis, and they also have Jet Howard, who is, I believe, wait, isn't this? Oh, sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. So, oh, um, okay. yeah, it's just like. It's just been like a weird season for the Wolverine, just to sum it up. And they were ranked high to start the year, correct? What's they, had a pre- they were ranked pretty high to start the year. Oh, yeah, they were ranked really high, and they were supposed to be like super, super good. Yeah, it was, it was Terrence, Terrence Howard was. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense now. Okay. Yeah, that, I was worried for a second because I was. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh no! I, as you can tell, I'm tired and I'm quite exhausted. But yeah, oh, me too. We're coming next year, so just ignore my my incoherent rambling. No, it's okay. You know, I get that way. I got that way a couple times while doing your show. The Buckeyes unfortunately dropped their last home game against Iowa, uh, and they were celebrating the 1991 team that. Uh, won the Big Ten Championship with Jimmy Jackson, Michael Redd, a lot of Buckeyes in attendance, but they uh, couldn't pull off the game and lost to Iowa by 13. Buckeyes are currently sitting at 18th in the country. And uh, they recently, I think, yeah, they did. uh, They did. They beat Michigan by 11 uh, February 22nd. And they've just been uh, just inconsistent. You know, uh, I mean, they beat a good Maryland team, crush Minnesota, and then they lose to Iowa. So it's just up and down. But earlier in the year, they beat number one undefeated Duke. And, you know, it's just just a matter of 
making your foul shots, which is college basketball, and having less turnovers. You know, people forget turnovers. And uh, once once a star like Liddell gets into foul trouble, who is Ohio State's best draft uh, prospect at the moment, then it's, re- it's really hard for them to run their offense. And you can really just say the whole thing for both Michigan and Ohio State has been a consistency because Michigan has been kind of on the same thing too. Is they mm-hmm. beat Iowa, they beat Purdue handily at home, and then they lose to like teams. They just lose to like UCF, like out of nowhere, <laughs> like UCF, like Central Florida. They, aren't they supposed to be a good football school or something? Like that? Yeah, they're not. They're not. Like what the hell? Wise, they're not. They used to be in the Mid American Conference. Yes, exactly. They're not who they once were in the Mid American Conference. So. It's just been like disappointment and inconsistency all around for the Wolverines. And they barely won against Northwestern too, which was also a bit of a letdown and against Penn state too. This is like a Jekyll and Hyde team that we're seeing from both from the Wolverines. And you can even say that for the Ohio state Buckeyes too. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible that the Buckeyes started the year uh, unranked. uh, And then they, I mean, they beat in, uh, top 15 team Seton Hall by three. Uh, they beat Xavier. They fell short to Florida in the Fort Myers tip-off, but Florida's having a good season. They beat number one overall Duke by five, but it's just, I think it's, it's just having, I mean, they currently sit at fourth in the Big Ten, but you wouldn't think of that with their ranking being number 18 like the three above, but, you know, the teams above have this consistency in factors, you know, so. Yeah, like Purdue and all of them. And Illinois. Yeah. Uh, and that those freaking uh, Purdue, Ohio State was like just getting crushed and they hit a buzzer beater uh, or a three-pointer with two seconds left when they were down 11 with a minute left and they tied it and uh, Purdue shot a game-winning three at the buzzer after a yeah. timeout. I still don't agree with them moving it up to half court after a timeout and stuff. I don't know. I mean, it just – it doesn't make sense to me. I like it when they had to do the baseline and then uh, power forward would drive it up and he would almost travel in the biggest game of his life and he'd go near the bench. Duh, timeout. They don't have timeouts. Do you understand what I'm referencing now? Yeah. I get it. Uh-huh. Mm. Wobber. Chris Weber, ha ha. <laughs> well, thank you, Jacob, for coming on. Uh, yeah. We're at right about the hour mark. Um, thank you for listening to Big Kevin Sports. Jacob, uh, one more time, how can they find you? How can you find me? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Ice Cold with Jacob Walters. You can also find that same moniker on Twitter, Ice Cold W Jacob. And you can even find me on Instagram. Ice underscore cold underscore Jacob or underscore Jake for that matter. And then I have a website too. Jacobsinvegas.com. You can even catch my podcast too on Spreaker, which is Ice Cold with Jacob Walters. And yeah, check out the website, see what I'm doing in Vegas and what I'm checking out and check out the video games. You got sports and you can check out financial stuff. So that's wonderful, Jacob. Thank you so much. We're going to make this a regular uh, 
monthly appearance because we have so much fun on each other's podcasts. But uh, thank you for coming on. And I'm going to do my plugs real quick uh, to find me, Kevin McAndrews, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's Big Kevin Sports. And to find this podcast, it's Big Kevin Sports Show. You can find that on all podcast platforms, Spotify, all over the place. You search Big Kevin Sports and you can add show to it and you'll be able to find it. And please follow the hashtag Big Kevin Sports. And Jacob, it was a great time. And uh, let's do the tradition that I've done throughout the year. We're going to end it with... <laughs> oh, I, forgot, I forgot to mention Steve. Oh no, what is it? Uh, oh no. Say, uh, you're not gonna think differently of me. Uh <laughs> we end the show the same way uh every time. Uh Jacob, do you know why I have sunglasses on? You don't <laughs> No, we'll cut that out. Jacob, ask me why I have sunglasses on. Why don't you have sunglasses on? Because uh, my future's too bright. Have a good night, everyone. Peace. God damn it.